This is a Trail Smoke Eaters podcast. The Smoke Eaters from Trail, British Columbia, have a battering style of play. Now I'm Ben Phillips, joined here with Rob Squires. A couple of huge saves by Logan Turnett. Tonight's episode of Churning's Corner. Your Welcome to the Smoke Show with your hosts, Ben Phillips and Rob Squires. Welcome back to the Smoke Show podcast. Ben Phillips here with Rob Squires, and the BCHL is back. We're through two games of the BCHL season didn't go smoke eaters way but we'll uh we'll discuss all that what we liked what we uh maybe didn't like from the smoke eaters um on the the two game weekend as they open the season against the penticton bees on friday and the cranbrook bucks on sunday it's going to be another busy week for the team uh we'll talk about all that previewing the the week ahead against of course the bees and the bucks we also talked with one of the standout players the second star from the game on uh, Sunday, Noah Wakeford. We check in with him at uh, at his hotel room. Joined by Rob Squires, as I mentioned here from his Castlegar studios here on the Smoke Show podcast. Rob, uh, it was a busy weekend, but we got through it. <laughs> yeah, a busy weekend. Uh, a few uh, technical things here and there to deal with, but we got through it. We got to watch some meaningful hockey and. Um, like you mentioned in the intro, and unfortunate we were on the wrong side of the decisions in the two games to kick off the season. But uh, you know what? The the Trail Smoke Eaters are playing meaningful hockey again, um, and they were able to get things started down in the pod. And it's just great to be able to, to tune in and watch and, and see some of these guys get an opportunity to get some games in here before taking the summer break and then hopefully get back to some normalcy here at the, in the fall. Um, so it was great to see. I'm looking forward to the next, uh, you know, remaining five weeks of, of this pod, and uh, it kicked off with some with some good hockey um, for, you know, being off for as long as they were. Um, made for a couple of interesting games here on the weekend. I think one theme that's going to continue through this episode of the of the podcast that we were talking about last week is the the depth of the squad and the youthfulness of the squad, and I think that's one thing, a key thing to remember for all the fans too is if you're you're looking and you're going, oh, the Smoke Eaters are 0-2 to, to start this season. Um, it's a young group. And, you know, from, from my standpoint, I was, you know, fortunate enough to be able to be in Penticton this weekend and uh, was able to call the games. Um, obviously, again, I know there was tech issues uh, on the BCHL TV side of things for, uh, for technically for both games for the Smoke Eaters. Um, that aside, I, I think there was a lot of moments in the game where you saw what this team can do in both games on the weekend. There was a lot of things that uh, a lot of potential that you saw, but you also saw like, you know, we did in against Penticton in that opening two minutes of the second period. You could also see that the team is young and they're, they're bound to make a couple errors and Penticton was able to hop on it. And I think we'll, we'll, we'll just start there on the, on the game on Penticton and the four, one loss. I think honestly, the Smoke Eaters should have got more out of that game, Rob. Um, they were the better team in the first period. Probably could have got a few more shots on net, and I think that's something that Noah Wakeford has echoed in our interview with him, and something that Tim Fragel has said in both uh, both interviews before the game. Um, that aside, um, I think they, like I said, they were the better team through the first period on on. Friday, um, struggled in parts of the second period, and then you know tried to push in the third, and and I, I liked a lot of things they did there, but uh, obviously Penticton was just in cruise control mode, and it was hard to uh, hard hard to get back into that game. Yeah, I think we kind of saw, especially in the first game, kind of what you would have we kind of expected to see. We've seen both teams come out with some good energy, like you say, the Smoke Eaters. Maybe uh, you know what. Uh, Maybe had a, a bit of the a bit of the flow of play early in that game. Obviously, that shorthanded marker uh, comes back uh, to catch them and and kind of set them back. And of course, the slow start to the second period kind of almost put an end to things uh, for them as 
as a you know a three nothing lead there early on in the second period was a tough one to swallow. Um, although they did get one back late, um, but you know what I. This is a team that hasn't played in, in how many months um, we saw. So there's going to be some, you know, you know, issues to deal with early on. And, you know, uh, uh, you know, yeah, you can't give up that, that shorthanded goal. But, you know, a, a slow start to a second period, you know, that's going to happen. And it's going to happen early on here. And I'm sure the Smoke Eaters hopefully will catch one of these teams with a slow start in one of these periods as well. Um, but, you know, that battling back from that and they did show that they were able to do that and they were able to show that they could play um play at the level uh that Penticton was playing at early on and you know you look at the third period and they outshoot the uh the V's in that third period um trying to battle back into this one so a lot of positives negatives being the slow start in the second period and a, and a power play that even that through both games continues to struggle and you know had a couple of big opportunities with 5 minute power plays uh, in that game, especially um, still not being able to get itself on track. So, you know what? It was a, it was a good game. You got to remember Penticton played 14-ish games, I think, in their Okanagan Cup um, also about four months ago, but definitely more game time and games played than the Smoke Eaters in that short period of time um, might have might lend to them to be uh, a little bit more gelled at, at game game level speed than the Smoke Eaters. And, and maybe we saw a bit of that in that first game, but... Um, yeah, it was an entertaining game nonetheless. And again, you know, the power, like you said, the guys haven't played in four and a half months. It, it's, you don't want to sound like we're harping on the power play because, uh, you know, again, it, like Tim Fraggle said uh, in in his interview before the game on, on Sunday is that in the early parts of the season, the, the, the advantage is always given to the penalty killers um, in terms of, you know, it's, the power play, the offensive side, they're always you're, you're bringing guys in and out. You're you're just you're trying to get the systems in play. Um, so, you know, the, the Smoke Eaters had again had some pretty good looks on on Friday. Oh, again, when you're looking at the loss and you're and you're you're kind of gauging a, a whole look, uh, you know, an overall look at things. You, yeah, those, those the two five minute power plays they stand out like like you said, Rob. Um, and you would love, you know, in a perfect world, you'd love to see the Smoke Eaters try and capitalize on that and probably would have been a better game and or a different outcome anyways and um a chance for a different outcome and you know they would have got what probably what they deserved out of that game they had a lot of energy um but again like connor Micho said to post game is, is is that start to the second period the two minutes killed two two minutes in that game killed them other than that you know 55 minutes let's say um 50 minutes of the game they were the better team yeah, and that's like you say, they they definitely it's early on in the season. Opportunities that they got early on, they weren't able to cash in. The slow start to the second period, the V's were able to cash in on it, and that ends up being your game and, and you're you're battling to come back against a you know, a very solid team in the V's that really um you don't expect them to give up a three nothing lead heading into the third or three three one lead heading into the third period. Um so you know, a tough thing to ask of a team that's so early on in the season. Um, but again, there was there was there was positives to play of, uh, of of some of the guys out there. You know, some of the guys that stepped up. Helliwell looked really good in that first game. Um, Zito, Wakeford, and and Wolford for the bit that he got to play before he left that game. Um, they looked good. Um, you know, there was there was guys out there that, that Ru, uh, Roussel, Michaud, and Disherline um, has had two strong games in my opinion. Still not, you know, really hitting the scoreboard. Uh, there but you know with just the one goal from Bisho in that in that first game but you know there was positives and and we saw that transition into the into the uh, into the game with uh, with Cranbrook as well uh, exactly well and you know um a couple line changes had to be made going into the game against Cranbrook um you know kid having made his first BCHL start but again you know like Connor Misho obviously got his first BCHL goal uh, from Ryan Helliwell there in that in the game against Penticton. Gives it up for Disher. Disher tried to chop it up the wall. That's held in by Penticton here on this right-hand side. Moger, back for Disher. Disher gets it across to Helliwell, who's up in the rush. Ryan Helliwell, good move. Here's Ryan Helliwell, out front, Connor Michaud, scores! 37 seconds left on the clock. It's Connor Michaud who gets his first BCHL goal. 
and opens the account for the Trail of Smoke Eaters for the 2020-21 season. It's three to one. You know, again, that, that, that line had a lot of energy for the Smoke Eaters. And then, like I said, uh, Wolford unfortunately uh, left the game with an injury and, and didn't play on Sunday. Um, into the game against Cranbrook, you know, they, they start early. They start, they get that opening goal. And again, they, they had a good start like they did against against Penticton as we kind of transition into that Cranbrook game here. Um, you know, no Wakeford scores early. Um, Smoke Eaters kind of get a bad bounce to go against them for that the tying goal. And, and even the, the second goal, as the penalty expired there, that made it 2-1 Cranbrook. It, uh, you know, th the line changes that, that did happen in that game, um, I thought didn't hurt the Smoke Eaters at all. Again, it was just a, a couple moments in the game that, that put them behind. You know, Zach Park and Jackson Krill were were exceptional in the first period. They were flying around even on the penalty kill um, in the first period against Cranbrook on Sunday. They, We talked about them during the intermission, guys that have been given the opportunity here to play um, as, a, as they cycle the five guys in and out for the first little bit here. Um, you know, again, it, it, it makes it harder on, on, on the coaching staff to say, okay, you should you should sit out um, this next game when, when you put in a performance like that when you get your opportunity. Yeah. Um... You know, a lot to unpack there, but, you know, just <laughs> transitioning from that Penticton game, first and foremost, the other factor was um, the hot goaltending of Caden Lane. You, you can't mm -hmm. fault, uh, uh, you know, fault him for, for making things difficult for the Smoke Eaters in that game. He played outstanding um, and making a statement there against the Smoke Eaters in that first game and, and coming up with some really big saves, especially early on um, in that game. And then late in the in the third period, as the smoke eaters tried to push, so um, you know just another piece there as he made 27 saves on the 28 shots that he faced. But you know, and then that kind of that same thing kind of transitions into into Cranbrook as well. Um, you know, they, they Cranbrook got some great goaltending there previous game against Penticton. Um, whenever uh, what is it Nathan Airy, sorry, got to play and he he played well in their first game, and then against the smoke eaters it was Jay Thompson. Um, getting his first start and doing extremely well um, and making a game-saving save later in the in the game um, to to really change the the momentum of that game as well. So goaltending played a big part in both these games. But when you talked about the players and the, the roster changes, we talked about this. There's going to be a lot of that happening, um, whether it's injuries or whether it's you know maybe not just they're coming out because of their 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 play. It's just trying different line combinations, especially now after two. To, uh, to losing results that, you know, there might be some tweaks that have to happen there just to kind of get different different guys going and a little different look. You know, they're going to make some adjustments, haven't played both teams now uh, a game, um, and you're going to see guys come in and out. And when you get that opportunity to come in, um, like like you mentioned, Krill and Park, and then Fever getting move, moving up onto the, the line with Zito and Wakeford, um, these guys all moved into those roles, and they were impactful, and that makes... What you want to make sure is that the coach is is identifying you as someone that's creating an impact out there, and it's very unlikely maybe that you're going to be the one that's going to take a seat in that next game, um, as they do rotate people through. And um, you know what? I, I think the entire lineup did well in that respect. I think there's guys that are not out, you know, necessarily playing as they would have wished to at, at this point, two games into the season, and maybe would have liked to see some better opportunities. Um, but the, the effort's been there, and I think it's just a matter of time and some adjustments to be made um, for some of these guys to, to start producing, like we saw in the, uh, seems like forever ago to call it the preseason, but um, um, in that short preseason time frame that we did see them play, and, and they, were, they were quite an offensive team. So I think we will see that transition as we get into this next game uh, tomorrow night, uh, going back against the Bucks, and I think there'll be some adjustments there uh, being made. Well, and it, it's it's what the the coaching staff have committed. It, it's it's their game plan going in. It it's it's twenty games and it's a developmental season. And so with that comes the let's get these guys in to game action. Let's get everybody up to game speed. And that's going to take six or seven games. You know, that's unfortunately that's half the season because it's such a short season. But it's going to take that long to get everybody in and um up to that speed. And then and then from there it it's. Obviously, you want to you want to come out with as many wins as possible, but it's also about just seeing where this team is because it is a young team, and it's about, um, like Tim said, it's about going into 
into next year really is what this is about. And it's something that you and I talked about on the last, last episode here of the podcast of um, this is, it's a developmental season. It's 20 games. It's about, it's about building these guys up, giving them some meaningful games for next year. And I know that we're, we are trying to talk about the Cranbrook game, but you know, it's an interesting point that after you've seen these two games, you can see what, like I said, you can see what this team is capable of, but you could, you're also seeing that this team's young and, um, like I said, there's a couple of mistakes that, that happened that cost them, and, and hopefully that's something that they can learn for and be better for, not only just in these next uh, 18 games, but in, in the next, in the 21-2022 BCHL season. Yeah, uh, with with the last game, to stay kind of on that one, just talk about how that game went, there's a few things that for me that, you know, we'll look to see. that This is one of the rare occasions where they are playing the same team on back-to-back games. Um, the rest of the season is more spread out where they're not. I think they do Penticton. They do Penticton technically up. on a back-to-back. But other than that, I think it's it's flips. It, it's pretty much flips. So, you know, this is that, that quick opportunity and a bounce-back game to come in and make a statement. I think this is an important game for them. And I think some of the adjustments will we expect to see made is, um, you know, we expect them to, to try to utilize their, their their size and speed maybe a little bit more and forcing the puck to the middle of the ice and making the the, uh, the Bucks. Uh, defense have to make a play and not trying to be a little too little too fancy with it or trying to play a little too too much with the puck and just keep things simple. Um, I think that'll be one. We'll, I think we'll see a lot of that kind of pressure to the front, to the middle of the ice, and to the front of the net because um, this is a different team than that what played last year. And the way that they're going to score score goals is going to be different. They're gonna they're gonna have to get into the dirty areas. They're gonna have to get in tight um, and they're gonna have to battle for pucks and and win those puck battles in and around the goal in around the goal line and around the net. Um, and the other one being, you know, they're obviously putting a lot of, a lot on the, uh, the Senko Defoe and, and Justin Ross line. We've seen them together now for two games, um, not, uh, not being able to produce yet, obviously a big part of the power play. And that's going to be a big adjustment for them. They're now being, you know, pulled into those top line roles and having to play against top shutdown lines and lines that are going to try to, to focus on their sole job, keeping them off the score sheet. And so far with the Bucks, that, that, that's been the line of, of AJ Vasco and uh, Kindrachuk and, and Walker Gelbard, who have done a really good job against them. So, you know, we'll see if that continues, if, if the Bucks continue to try to keep that match up and play those guys against each other as they've been able to, to do quite well against them so far. Um, and that line's producing well. So one of the things is you talk about development is how are these guys going to react now to getting that extra pressure on them of being the guys being looked to lead the team and to produce. And you know what, we'll, we'll see what they're able to do with it. And I do expect, uh, you know, the, the skill of, of Defoe and Senko and Ross as a line, I think is a little too much to keep them off the scoreboard for too long. And it's just going to be a matter of time for they're going to break through. And, um, I think for those guys, that's that's one of those ones where when they break through with one, there you might see three or four more after that real quick. So I'm really looking forward to, to that potentially happening here in, in the next game as well as they make some adjustments to their game and, and what they saw from the Bucks in the first game. And, you know, again, so they, they fall 5-3 on, on Sunday afternoon to the Cranbrook Bucks. And, you know, all credit to the Cranbrook Bucks on winning their first BCHL game, uh, officially winning their first game. And, you know, I said it on on the broadcast. It's unfortunately fitting that it came against their Kootenai rivals, the Trail Smoke Eaters. Uh, but again, you know, that's uh, take nothing away. Congratulations to them on their first win. You know, there was a time when the Smoke Eaters had had to get their first BCHL win too. Um, you know, it's it's a big landmark for that franchise, and it's it's you know, again, unfortunately, it was against the Smoke Eaters, but it's something that we love to talk about in the rivalry that just it goes it's going to go so far now um between the fan bases and whatnot because of you know it's you know you look at it you know a couple years down the road and the, you know, we're in a playoff series and and whatnot and, and you know fans like to go back and forth and the you know unfortunately crownwork's always going to have well hey who'd we get our first bchl win against it was against you guys you know it's it's, it's something that they're always going to have over the, over the smoke eaters now so um, it's just, a, you know, as to the whole rivalry and whatnot, uh, um, of the dynamic that this pod season is creating. And we, and we saw that between these two teams and again, you know, the smoke eaters, I, I think, uh, like you said, Rob, it's, it's going to be a big game. It's going to mean a lot for them, uh, here on Wednesday night. And, you know, it, a lot of, you know, key points there for, for the bucks, obviously, um, 
you know, it's great to see another franchise, you know, getting underway here in the BCHL and um, for the Bucks to, to be able to tick the boxes of getting their first game under their belt the other night um, to getting their first uh, franchise goal by, by Cam Reed, uh, you know, a local product there from just up the road in Kimberley, uh, getting the first goal of, the, of their franchise um, for them. And then getting a big win, of course, uh, in their second game against the Smoke Eaters. And, you know, our, our inside Kootenai Cup uh, game six all tied up now. Um, leading into the next one. Next one is kind of fun for me of seeing who wins that that first uh, that first seven game series, so to speak. So, um, yeah, it's it's great for both franchises. I think nothing has ever been said bad about build, developing a big rivalry. Um, it only leads to, to more to more energy in the building and and more uh, intensity on the ice between the teams um, in games that, you know, let's face it, when you're going to play each other 10 times here in the next five weeks, um, you're going to get sick of seeing them and you're going to want nothing more than to just beat them every time that they, that you see that, uh, that green and white um, enter your building. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to some more good hockey as we move forward here. Um, and again, it's, it's still unbelievable that, you know, we're going to have four games here now and, and what five nights, um, for the smoke eaters and the amount of hockey that's going to be played. So um, it's good hockey. It's going to keep getting better. And it, it's, uh, it's coming fast and furious here over the next few days. Well, we'll wrap up here with, uh, with the Cranbrook game, uh, the five, three loss uh, before we talk to, to talk to Noah Wakeford about, uh, about his performance and, and, uh, and what he calls a lucky save by the, by the Cranbrook goaltender. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, Noah Wakeford was was obviously uh, impactful for the Smoke Eaters, and you know, you can go as far as say he was the best player on the ice um, on on Sunday. You know, right place, right time for the first goal. Um, made a good read on the second one, and able to find the puck and just threw it at the net through a crowd and and got that one through the goaltender. Probably should have had a third, and and I think there was another opportunity. Might have been in the second, and might have been actually might have had another opportunity in the first period. And I think about he. He, Noah Wakeford could have walked away with that game with four goals. Um, <laughs> there was the, the wraparound as well that he had in the third period. He could have walked out of that game with four goals and the assist on on the Kalen Zito goal. Um, it was a strong performance by him. And again, we, we talked to him here in just a few minutes. Um, but it's nice to see a guy um, committed to Brown University um, had a record year last year for himself with the Salmon Arms Silverbacks. Um, was acquired in, in the summer. Um, and a 20-year-old leading the way on the on this team. Smokeeaters get the puck out to center ice again. Good couple moves here as bringing the puck in out of the Smokeeaters. Fever drops it, shot on, big rebound, scoring! Noah Wakeford! Able to find the pinball. Pick up that puck and make it one nothing. Smoke Eaters on the shot from Zach Fever that hit the crowd. And it trickles in. Noah Wakeford gets the goal and the Smoke Eaters are on the board. Knocked off the puck, but there in support was Senko. Senko will cycle it around. Left point, Wilkie comes down to get it. Kicked it over to your, here to Ross. Ross with a shot through, scores! No, that's Noah Wakeford who took the shot. And beats Jay Thompson to get the Smokers back within one. Yeah, and a great game all the way around. And it's it's hard to say, you know, just him. I th I think that whole line is what made him so effective. Um, yeah. You know, they played very smart hockey. Um, they didn't. They limited their turnovers when that line had the puck. Um, they had the puck um, in their in control of it uh, for most of their time out there. They looked dangerous, in tight, um, making some nice plays, looking off each other. Um, yeah, Fever, Zito, and, and Wakeford looked really good all, all around um, in that game. And, and Wakeford just keeping things simple, like, you know, that turn and simple firing it on net. Like, they've been talking about that for, for two games now of just funneling pucks to the net. And they do it and they get one. And it's, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise. Like, you got to get pucks on net to score. So, <laughs> um, you know, uh, the wraparound attempts, like you mentioned, like that literally went in for those that saw it, it went right off the toe of the skate. Like it was that close. He just got there in time. And then uh, that highlight save, lucky highlight, lucky save, um, uh, according to Wakeford um, by Thompson, just an unbelievable save, to be honest, of, of reaching over and grabbing that one and, and keeping that one out of the net. So you couldn't have asked for more from him and from that line, I think all the way around to just a great game. 
And uh, I think the others can take some from that of, of, you know, limiting those, limiting those turnovers and, and just playing simple hockey. And, you know, you play that simple hockey until you get some good things go your way and then you start building on that momentum. So hopefully they take something from that and move forward here into, uh, into their second game against the Bucks. Well, uh, that line too. And for those again, who were, we were able to follow the game on Sunday, uh, whether it was on Shaw or BCHL TV or you uh, listen, listen to myself on Mixler. Just pr- just prior to the Kalen Zito goal. After Zito, trying to find it. Loose puck and chance. Zito scores! Kalen Zito is first as a smoke eater. On a give and go from the goal line with Quinn Disher. And the smoke eaters are back within one. Kalen Zito beats Jay Thompson on the blocker's side. And after it, it was that entire line. It was, it was Fever. It was Zito. It was Wakeford. And that was... Honestly, they were they were on the ice for about a minute and a half, um, with a, about four or five shots just themselves in that in that sequence. Um, that was probably the best section of hockey that the Smoke Eaters have played in this young season. Um, the way that they were moving the puck, the way they were creating opportunities, um, and again the way that that Wakeford chance came up, and it was it was Zach Fever at the at the at the blue line with some help. I believe it was Carson Golder who was there as well, uh, turning that puck over at the inside the Cranbrook blue line. Cranbrook was pushing up the ice, trying to go the other way on an odd man rush. It was a good two-man hold. Fever's able to get it to Zito, who was top of the slot, and down near the goal line, Wakeford, who was coming back um, after the puck came out of the corner, was in the right spot. Well, should have been in the right spot at the right time to, to bury one for his hat-trick, um, but a great read. Again, Zito won the draw to the side. Fever got it to the blue line. Floor is able to hold it. Zito gets the puck. Zito, one turn, Wakeford. Oh, what a save by Jay Thompson. Robbing Noah Wakeford of the hat trick. You know, you, you slow it down in slow motion. You go, okay, well, Wakeford didn't get all you probably wanted on that shot. It, he looked like it might have gone off the heel of his stick. Still would have gone in had the goaltender not been there. Um, regardless, Jay Thompson dives back with the blocker and the goal stick, gets it down, and is able to make just an unbelievable save. Uh, on on Noah Wakeford to stop him with the hat trick, and then again moments later he he'd had the wraparound chance as well. Um, but that line was was effective, and and when like you said there, you know Senko, Defoe, and Ross are getting checked as much as they are and aren't getting the opportunities. You look for what was the second line um, on Sunday in in Zito Fever and and Wakeford to create some opportunities, and and that's exactly what they did. Michaud, Roussel. Um, and Disher creating some opportunities, and then uh, Hunter, Park, and Krill kind of quieted down as the game went on, um, but still were effective, uh, and, and everyone had an opportunity. I wouldn't say everyone had an opportunity, but each line had an opportunity to try and tie that game in that third period. And, and I think from a young team uh, that, you know, don't want to sound like we've been criticizing this team for the last, you know, however long we've been talking here, for a young team, you, you're seeing those bright spots and the, and the and the possibility, and that's what's exciting. Yeah, you're seeing guys that are you know playing at a level already that you know makes you get excited for next season already, um, and what what that might bring whenever in in a full regular season. Um, obviously, in this short period of time, it's going to take some guys longer to get going, and other guys are going to get it going early, and that's just inherent of the the way the games are being played. Not all these guys are going to react to playing this many games in such a short period of time um, as well as maybe others are. So there's, there's definitely a lot of adjustments and a lot of factors to take into play. But one of the things that really stood out with the Wakeford Zito and fever grouping was um, simplicity. They just limited their mistakes. They played very simple and they attacked the net. And when you're attacking, you're putting the bucks on, on back on their heels and making things more difficult. And with their speed and their, their skill level, um, you could see that, and there were spurts of that throughout the game where, you know, it, they looked really, really dangerous, and it was just a matter of time where they were going to break through again. So, um, there's, I think, there's more to come there. Um, you know, I wasn't as familiar with with Zito coming in, um, but obviously, um, you know, a guy that can move the puck, um, plays on the point on the power play a little bit for them, um, has got some great speed and some good vision out there, and obviously uh, a smart guy. I think ahead into Yale as well. So, um, you know, some some really good strong positives there heading into this next game and um yeah you know our job is to necessarily look at the game and you know point out where we feel that you know they lost the game and 
as well as talk about the things that are coming up that we see as positive. So never, never too much critiquing and, and, and giving them too much of a hard time. It's just, that's the way it played out from, from the way we see it. And, you know, what can you say? I, I have lots of faith in this roster. I'm looking forward to, to the game tomorrow night. Well, we'll take a pause there. I think uh, we've, we've broken down two games. We'll throw things over to our interview with uh, with Noah Wakeford here on the Smoke Show podcast. On the other side, we will look ahead to what will be a busy uh, five days for the Smoke Eaters. Uh, you know, we talked about it last week about uh, about the schedule. We'll we'll kind of preview that uh, a little bit here before we wrap it up here on this episode of the Smoke Show podcast. Here is Noah Wakeford from Penticton. All right, we're joined here on the Smoke Show podcast with number 18 for uh, forward Noah Wakeford, who joins us from the, uh, the Lakeside Resort in Penticton, uh, part of the pod. They, uh, the boys are, are stuck at the hotel for five weeks. Uh, Noah, just how's it going? Pretty good, yeah. Just hanging out, kind of having hanging out with the team, having lots of fun, so it's good. Well, today is one of your guys' uh, a few off days at the time that we're recording this. Um, I mean, I guess you guys probably were practicing today, but uh, kind of take us through what, what the off day routine was like for you guys. Uh, yeah, we we wake up at like 8-ish, go out for breakfast. Then we kind of go hang out in our rooms for like an hour or so, then head to the rink, get warmed up for practice, and practice for about an hour, walk, walk back to the hotel, have lunch, and then kind of just hang out, just watch TV with the team, just try to keep occupied the whole day and then have dinner and then calm her down for the night. So that's about it. Well, uh, kind of made, uh, I mean, you, you had uh, quite a few points through the exhibition season, but uh, early in this this uh, pod season for the Smokers, you get uh, you know three-point game there on, on Sunday. Uh, unfortunately, you guys couldn't get the win on it, but, uh, you know, what is Take us through, uh, you know, for you, what's what's it been like these first two games, getting back into it? Uh, you know, just um, obviously the legs were aren't always there when you haven't played a game in four and a half months. Uh, but just you know, take us through that and getting back up to game speed. Uh, yeah, it was uh, took a couple periods probably to adjust, get used to it. We haven't really played like a actual game game for a long time, so I think I think we handled it pretty well, but. I think we're still still kind of adjusting as a team and trying to work things out. So, but I think we we've got better every day. So I think Wednesday will be a be a big game for us. So, and Noah, it uh, congrats on the uh, couple of goals, couple of points in the in the last game there as you guys uh, tried to uh, get back into that one. But um, you know you've been playing a lot so far in the first two games here with uh, with Zito at center and then Wolford. Uh, started on that line uh, in the first game, and then uh, I think it was Fever came up and played with you guys in that second game. Um, where do you see the strengths of uh, that line? Like we, from from our vantage point, obviously there's a lot of speed out there. But how do you guys? Uh, how do you? How does that line of at least you, Zito, and whoever's playing that wing? How do you guys get the most from that line? What makes you guys the most effective? Uh, yeah, I think we we move the puck pretty well. Like we we see the ice all pretty well out there. So. We kind of can work together and work things out pretty quickly, and I also think our forecheck's been pretty well, and we've been pretty good at getting the puck deep, like not making too many turnovers in like danger zones. So, I think that helps keep our pace up around the rink. So, sorry, and uh, you know you've you spent uh, three seasons prior to coming to the trail with the uh, Salmon Arm Silverbacks, so plenty of plenty of experience for you. Obviously, you've got. Uh, your commitment already in place uh, for next year. Um, but how big was it for you to, to get a chance to play these 20 games and, and to be able to, you know, get some meaningful games in and, and show um, show what you, uh, you're you capable to do here in your final uh, junior A season? Oh, yeah, it's really important important to me to have a, have a good 20 games to start off on the right foot for university next year. And I just want to finish off my junior career really well and have a good time with all all my teammates here. I'm really looking forward to the rest of it. Now, Noah, uh, you know, obviously, like we said, two goals, one assist there on on Sunday. Um, that first one was just kind of right place, right time. Um, how nice was it to get uh, your first one there this season? I guess officially your first one as a trail smoke eater as well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's always nice to score early in the game, kind of 
kind of makes you feel good, gives you good momentum to go on. So just just a good 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 moment for me. So. And then the the second one, you, you again good hold down the wall there. Mitch Wilkie's able to kick it to you, and you work your way up and just turned and fired that one because. I, you know what? What you see there when you just decided was it just one of those you just turn and put one on the net and hope for the best or did you? Uh, I mean, from your angle, what did you see? Oh yeah, I just saw there's a lot of bodies in front, so I thought it had a chance and just kind of tried to get some more pucks on net, which is what we've been kind of working on. And then finally, the uh, the one that denied you the hat trick, um, the, the the big save there by by the Cranbrook goaltender. Um, again, you were in pretty much in the same spot where you scored your first goal. Um, big turnover there at the blue line. Um, I guess if you got to, to do that one over again, would you change anything, or, or was it uh, just a, a good save by their goaltender? Yeah, it was a pretty good save, but I could have maybe I thought about it a little bit, maybe held it, but definitely definitely could have went in still, so kind of got lucky, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I like that getting lucky. You know, you mentioned yeah. on that uh, on that second goal, um, you know, turning and firing, just putting one on net, and and you know, just getting the the lucky seeing eye shot there. And uh, we saw the Bucks get one a little later. I think it was Kungle with the with the long shot from the point as well. Um, how important is that? Like you guys keep keep talking about that, trying to generate offense of putting pucks to the net, and you know, you see one two in one game like that where it's just you know a simple wrister on net and finds it finds its way in. You know, you guys looking to kind of get some momentum going here into the next game. Um, how important is it for you guys to, to keep putting pucks to the front of the net and keep generating opportunities here? Yeah, it's really important. Like, most of our goals aren't going to be too pretty. Like, we're we're a hard-working team. we got to find our identity quick, and we just got to all play together. Like, we're not going to be a one-man show. We're going to all play together and play as a five-man unit out there to to get wins. So we got to figure that out and put more pucks on it by – Tripping the puck in and using our D, driving off the ball, creating rebounds. Um, you got to see Penticton for the first time this year. Kind of go back to, to that game on Friday night. Obviously, there's a lot of emotion in getting to play play the game. Um, you guys were running around, a couple big hits uh, by everybody there in that game on on Penticton. Um, kind of what were your your thoughts of, of the V's and um, kind of what uh, you guys think you need to do better. Um, or improve on, anyways, for when you face them on on Thursday night. Uh, yeah, they're they're pretty good. They're they're quick, but I think we can hang with them if we play our game. Like we had some stretches where we were really good. We just had a lapse of two minutes, I'd say, and that really really shot us in the foot. So we just we got to learn from that. Like we're we're gonna learn a lot in the next week or so, and we just gotta gotta build from that. So. And so going into the these upcoming games, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off, play Saturday, Sunday, um, it's going to get busy. It's going to get tough on you guys. How important uh, is it to uh, not get too high, not get too low, and, and obviously, you know, taking care of yourselves uh, in this busy stretch here? Yeah, yeah, we got to make sure we're we're really um, paying attention to our sleep and how much you eat and how much you're drinking because – that's probably can dictate a couple wins in our way. So we got to gotta stay on top of that. And we got to make sure that if we lose one, like we got to bounce right back. Or if we win one, like it, we got to gotta be ready next game. Every game is going to be hard. And how, how much of it is that rhythm, that schedule that you guys are starting to, you know, you've been there a little over almost a week now. Um, you know, how, how much is it setting, setting into that schedule and just, like you say, making sure you're doing the right things on a day-in and day-out basis without kind of, um, you know, letting that kind of weigh on you of kind of being in that bubble, but, you know, on such a schedule? Like, how do you, how do you guys stay motivated off the ice knowing that, you know what, it's every other night you're getting back on the ice in another game? Uh, yeah, I think it's just, like, hanging out with your teammates, like, getting away from hockey for an hour a couple hours just not thinking about it just relaxing like that's really important to keep your mind free and that keeps you excited for the next game because then you can focus right up and i think that's really important you talk about uh hanging with your with your teammates who who's your roommate there in in penticton uh yeah zach Deaver. i actually billed with him at the start of the year so Comfort, comfortable relationship cool, cool. yeah what, yeah yeah 
what uh, did you guys bring? Bring uh, board games? Did you bring video games? Kind of what? Uh, what side did you guys uh, were on in terms of uh, stuff to do outside of, of, like you said, getting your mind off of hockey? Uh, yeah, he brought his um, console, and we've been playing PGA on it, so pretty fun. Who's who's the better virtual golfer? Uh he just started, so probably me. <laughs> we talked. We uh, we talked to Defoe last week um, on the podcast, and he was ta- We were talking about um, some of the poker tournaments that the team has done, um, and and just poker is one of the one of the things you guys enjoy playing. And Defoe seemed a little salty about it when he told us, but he said you did win uh, the the poker tournament that the team had back um, earlier in the year. Um, said uh, you, you got a pretty good poker face, so. Take us through uh, your your poker life uh, in one in, with the team there. Yeah, um, well, I won that one, but I've probably only played one once or twice more. But they've played a couple times here, but I I haven't been playing lately. I don't know why. I'm just not not too interested right now. But I'm sure I'll I'll get in a couple games soon. Well, I guess with the, when, yeah. once you win so easily, right? It's not as fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll see. It might be a little bit of luck, but we'll, we'll see what happens when I play one. We'll see. So most importantly, though, who's got the worst poker face? Uh, probably Connor Michaud. He's pretty <laughs> bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be him. Got to be him. <laughs> pretty easy tell, eh? Yeah, pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny well you talked uh, about university a little bit there um you are committed to to brown university for next year um kind of i know we talked about when you when you signed your commitment and, and whatnot back uh, earlier in the year but how excited are you to go there um i'm not sure if you were able to do a campus trip at all before uh, before covid happened or anything but what excites you about uh, going to brown and and playing ncaa hockey next year uh, yeah, I didn't get to see the school because of COVID, but I've heard it's in like a really good area and good location, and the school's doing some renovations on the rink and facilities, so it'll be really nice when I go in there. And great education there, and good good division for hockey, so it'll I think it'll be a really good fit. Now, you know, moving on into to Brown, now that moves into that student athlete, and of course, the other part of that is the student size. Um, do you know, you know, do you have a idea of what you plan on taking at Brown and, and how do you, how do you look forward to, uh, that, that, you know, coursework studying and playing hockey at the university level? Uh, yeah, I've been kind of looking at economics, but I'm not, not too sure yet, but, uh, my parents have been, been on me to get a couple like essay and like Titan courses to kind of get refreshed as I've been out of school for a few years so but i don't know probably be a little bit of an adjustment for sure but i gotta figure it out quick so (laughs) (laughs) so you say economics um you know a lot of players like to go into you know business management sports management that's kind of the thing um is that kind of what what's your your area of interest uh obviously brown's an ivy league so um yeah you're uh, you're obviously pretty good at, at the whole school thing. So, kind of, what's uh, what are your, some of your favorite subjects, uh, or were I guess, like you said, you've been out of school for yeah, a couple years. It's been a while, but uh, I don't know. I liked math a lot. I liked like chemistry. Those, those were probably my two favorites. Probably. Do you have uh, a secondary goal outside of hockey? Kind of once you go get through that whole school thing. Obviously, you know, hockey's hockey's the goal, but. Yeah. You know, the whole point of NCAA is to have that education and something to fall back on. Is to, is that kind of something you've thought about or not really yet? Yeah, for sure. Like Brown, Brown is like definitely one of the reasons why their education can set me up for a good start and a job. So I'll definitely, definitely take advantage of that. But we'll we'll see how it goes. Like I want to play hockey as long as I can, but I'm definitely excited for the like the opportunities to give me outside of hockey. Well, uh, Noah, um, I know the, obviously on the podcast here, so people can't see it, but, uh, you've, you've grown quite the, right. The facial hair since you, you moved <laughs> to trail, you're, you're fitting in yeah. with the Kootenai life. So, yeah. um, 
want to thank you for taking time here on uh, on this evening while you guys are sitting in the hotel and, and answering our questions and having a little bit of fun with it. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Awesome. Thanks for this, Noah. Best of luck in the upcoming games, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk again soon. Yeah, thank you. Sounds good. And thanks to, to Noah Wakeford for, uh, like I said, making himself available from uh, from Penticton. You know, we gave him a little bit of a, a later call in the evening, and uh, I guess we should say thanks to, to Zach Beaver for uh, for staying quiet and not uh, and not giving Wakeford a hard time in the hotel room there. Um, so had some cool things to say, you know. Um, a guy that uh, seemed pr pretty pretty humble about the about the whole thing. Um, and again, you had a, had a little bit of a joke there, a lucky save, and and uh, and uh, of course, well, I don't think a, a really I don't know if he thinks it's poker a joke. save. <laughs> I don't know if he thinks it's a joke. It was a lucky. He didn't get all of it. He he, he had like sixty five percent of his shot. So if he gets all of it, I think that goes in the back of the net. But uh, you know, <clears throat> really good to to chat with him and get a, get a bit of an insight of of what things are like early on in the pod down there, and um, you can just imagine the the, the stories and. You know, the guys always talk about how great it is to get on the bus and spend that time with the boys. And, you know, now we're looking at five weeks of <laughs> with the boys. Um, so it should yeah. be a good time. And, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, they get uh, get things sorted out here and get some wins under their belt and uh, make it even more fun. So it was, uh, it was great to catch up with them. It is, it is interesting again, you know, and that's uh, the cool thing. And, uh, and the fortunate thing we have here with the podcast is, is give you that inside of what what's going on in the pod things that you know normally wouldn't be able to, to see and you know um no wakeford apparently is a very good virtual golfer as well um <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it's it's the things like you said it, it's five weeks with the boys it's about um you know that like you said what's important is it's the time away from hockey uh making sure you wind down and, and you enjoy you know uh, I, I talked to nicholas roussel prior to the game i think on friday about uh you know he he's like i've got i've got a fantastic view of the lake in penticton of okanagan lake um and for someone who grew up there i know exactly what he's talking about um it's it's the little things that they're going to start to enjoy and gonna have to enjoy um as i'm sure the isolation that they that they have there in the hotel will uh will start to drag on their they're still early on in it, and we'll we'll see how these interviews go and and what what the the, the mood of of uh, the players are as we we go through the the next few weeks, and and if they're they're sick of the hotel yet, but uh, I think I don't I don't think we're gonna get to that point because I think the players are just so ecstatic to be playing games. I agree. Uh, focusing on on the games, focusing on why they're there. Um, this development time, uh, these twenty games to for some guys to to solidify a spots for next year for for guys to give themselves ready for for that move on to um, you know university hockey next year there's lots of stuff that's that that's there to keep these guys you know focused on the task at hand um but of course you got to have a little fun with it as well and and it sounds like uh they they are working on that balance and, and have that built into their daily schedule there that you know hockey's the, the most important thing that they're there to, to do and to, to develop and move get ready for next year as well but uh it sounds like they're having some fun so that's great to hear and it's it's really great to get a little bit of that insight like you mentioned of what's going on there and what these guys are dealing with and and give maybe give them a chance to you know express how, how things are going there so a good outlet and i'm glad we're able to to touch base with them here uh, on the podcast and as frequently as we hope to uh moving forward here through the shortened season well, the uh, the boys get pretty busy here in this uh, in the next few days. Um, we knew it was going to happen, uh, but it's four games in five days. Uh, they play Cranbrook, Penticton, Cranbrook, Penticton. So thir uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and then another Saturday, Sunday. The games, of course, Saturday is at 6 p.m., Sunday at 4 p.m. Both games here, Wednesday, Thursday, are at 7 p.m. All those can be caught on BCHL TV. Uh, as well as Shaw Spotlight, um, Channel 10, I believe, is the base channel. And then it's 105 uh, if you've got um, Shaw Blue Curve is uh, is how it works. But don't quote me on that. I, I think I'm right, but I'm not, I, I don't have, don't have it right in front of me. So, uh, but yeah, you can find it on Shaw and, of course, BCHL TV, all four games. It's going to be busy. We're going to see, uh, obviously, we're going to see Caden Hamming and Logan Trenes, uh 
I'm sure, split the games. Um, and we're going to see the roster continue to, to move. And it's just like like Noah said there, it's about making sure you're eating properly, making sure you're drinking properly, making sure you're getting enough rest. Because, you know, while sure right now they feel great after, you know, a two-game weekend where they had a day off, um, playing four games in five nights is, is going to be something else when uh, you haven't played in four and a half months. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be – it's it's the first, you know – other than just getting that first game under your uh, under your feet, I think this is going to be the first big challenge for them is these four games and five nights. Um, not just, you know, because of the frequency of the games, but, you know, with that extra spotlight now of, you know, losing the first two and how important these first two are going to be, especially this bounce back one against Cranbrook. I think this is a, big, a really big game for them. I do expect to see uh, Turness probably head back to, to in between the pipes to start that one. Um, not uh, discrediting Hemming at all um, for his 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 performance in the uh, in the in the game, but I do see uh, Turness uh, eagerly probably wanting to get in there and bounce back from that uh, that first game against Penticton, and um, you know the the idea of Pentic or Cranbrook now is is one and zero in the regular season in the BCHL against the Trail Smoke Eaters and. Um, you're not going to want there to be any kind of gap starting to widen there in the uh, overall record between these two moving forward. So a lot lot to be had. And of course, for me, it's it's game seven of the uh, of the Kootenai Cup uh, hmm. first seven game series. I keep throwing that in there. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's 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 setting itself up for a big game. And then, of course, to see how they're going to bounce back out of that game um, right back the next night against uh, at Penticton is uh you know, obviously, what's what happens in that first game is going to determine a lot of what what that lineup might look like in that second game um, on the uh, on the eighth. So it's too hard to kind of lead into that of what it might look like as as we do expect to continue to see roster changes. But um, you know, depending on the effort that we see tomorrow night um, as the home team against Cranbrook, which should benefit them maybe and maybe getting some of the lineup matchups that they want as having that home ice advantage um, at the South Okanagan Event Center could play into it as they did not have that in the previous game. So that might be something to watch for um, tomorrow night as well. So um, I don't know, you know, it's, it's a lot of hockey that uh, that Sunday game at, at uh, what, four o'clock is going to see probably have some heavy legs, I think for, for this team and how they manage uh, their, their effort over the next uh, five days is going to, going to be, you know, interesting to follow and see uh, how they're ready to go come um, that game on Sunday at four o'clock. So um, a lot of hockey, short period of time, but a lot of young guys, a lot of youth and a lot of guys that can get into this lineup and uh, relatively healthy coming through the first two games. So um, that's a bonus as well. So we'll see how it goes. I think, uh, yeah, I pretty much pretty much said it all there, Rob. Uh, but I think you'll, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, won't you won't notice uh, the heavy legs much. You might notice them a little bit, I think, on on Saturday, and I think if you don't notice them Saturday, um, I think the sun, Sunday is when you'll really start to to notice it, and I think the players will start to notice it because again, we're not we're not saying that this team's unprepared and they haven't trained hard or anything. It's we're being realistic, and I think the coaches and I think the players are are know this. I don't think they're scared of it, but I think they're aware that this is going to be a, a physical challenge for these players because of the circumstances of them coming in. Um, but, you know, they're all tremendous athlete, athletes. They've all put in months of work, uh, working out and whatnot. And who knows, they might get through this and, and be um, be completely fine and, you know, keep keep the legs up. But they, for a team that likes to play with as much speed as they do, I think, you know, like I said, you'll, you might start to see some of the heavy legs come, come sun, Sunday afternoon. But by that point, maybe they'll be working on uh, on their fourth win on the, of a row and they can cr- cruise through uh, Sunday afternoon's game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Ben's saying 4-0 over the five games. All right. 4-0 <laughs> over the next four games. Yeah, they're going to bounce back. Yeah. Um, I'm a broadcaster. But... What do I know? <laughs> But, you know, again, a lot of this is going to be, you know, a lot of uh, work for the coaching staff to, to, to manage the bench, to, to ensure that everybody's, you know, getting in and not overworking certain guys. And, you know, it's it's 
it's good. It's it's an, it makes things interesting. As as much as we talk about how difficult it might be and, and all that kind of stuff, it's also from a fan's perspective exciting. We have hockey every other night happening, every night happening here, <laughs> almost yeah. uh, for the next five. And um, you know, for those that don't just follow the scoreboard, that actually you know f- watch what the games are like and how they play, how they're playing out, and and what hap- what's happening on the ice with these these three teams. This is going to be interesting to see how it all gets managed and to see how these guys hold up. And, um, you know, as much as people might not look at a, you know, a 20 thir- a game season against two other teams as being, you know, too valuable. I think there's a lot of value here in these games and um, the skill levels of these three teams are going to make for uh, a long, uh, long five weeks of good hockey here. And uh, it'll all get kicked off tomorrow night, which I'm going to, I'm going to say we see a good bounce back from trail and, uh, for Cranbrook, I'm hoping that uh, Nathan Airy, if he if he's the one going uh, to start, is it might be his turn back up in the rotation tomorrow night. Um, let's hope he's not uh, on his game and and uh, we get to, we don't have to, to to beat a goalie, you know, making some highlight reel save uh, goals every night here. As the Smoke Eaters have run into a couple in these first two games, as Thompson and Caden uh, Lane had strong games in in the two against the Smoke Eaters, so. I think I think that sets it up perfectly. I think we are uh, we'll we'll put a pause on on this week's episode of the podcast. Right there, we've talked uh, we talked to No Wakeford. We talked the last the first two games of the BCHL season. And we've kind of hinted at uh, or well, we've, we've we've set you up for what will be a busy week and uh, means we're going to have a lot to talk about on our next episode. And um, it's, it's and the power plays. The power play is breaking through. I forgot to add that in. Oh, that okay. The, the so, power play is breaking through tomorrow night. So, hot take central here. So Rob saying the uh, the the pod or the the power play is breaking through. Big bounce back, and I said the team's gonna go four and zero over this this stretch. So, um, don't bet on us because you'll lose a lot of money. <laughs> but... <laughs> but bet on your team. But bet on your team exactly responsibly. <laughs> I feel like should almost add in a BCLC uh, disclaimer yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are, those are friendly bets. Yep. Yeah. There's nothing on the line except for uh, Rob asked you a few chores for me. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Bragging rights. That's it. Break Bragging rights. rights. Yeah. Yeah. Or just don't show your face around trail if it doesn't go my way, kind of thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're lucky you live 20 minutes away <laughs> people get to come see me at work all all the time <laughs> uh well like i said i think that uh that does it for for this episode of the, of the podcast uh i want to thank you for for tuning in and listening and and you know putting yourself through the last uh the last hour or so that we've been we've been chatting here so um it's not easy to listen to, to Rob and myself. I have to listen, re-listen to this to edit it. So I, I know what you're going through. <laughs> that's what. That's where we ask. See, that's a perfect thing of reaching out and saying that's that's where we need to know. What do you want to hear from us? What players do you want us to talk to? Um, what do you want to know from what's going on here in the Penticton Pod? And uh, reach out to the social media channels. Um, swing by and and and, and pester Ben at work um, and see. Uh, let him know what you want to see on the podcast here for the next episode. Exactly. We, we love the fan interaction. We love uh, we love the questions. Um, a lot of them we tend to answer outside of the podcast, but we'll we'll do a better job at making sure everyone's. Uh, if you've got a question, we will answer it on the podcast. So more than just you know, because if you've got that question, there's you know there's someone else has a similar question. So um, again, you can. Smoke Eaters on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, let us know what what you want, what players you want. Uh, we try to do um, players that you know had a good week is, is kind of what we try to do. Or, um, but obviously, if, you, if there's one that we haven't talked to, I know there's a few we haven't talked to on the podcast yet that you want to hear from. Let us know, and we can uh, we can make that happen. But again, thanks uh, from my Rob, from Rob and myself. Um, for tuning into this episode of the podcast. Enjoy the games this week. Like I said, they're on BCHL TV and on Shaw Spotlight. We'll be interacting with you as much as we can, and we will talk again on next week's episode of the Smoke Show Podcast.
The Smoke Show was produced at Trail Smoke Eaters Hockey. Hosting and research, Ben Phillips. Co-host, Rob Squires. Produced by Jeff Fontes. Theme music by Jason Shaw. Audionautics. Executive producers, Rich and Annie Murphy. Sales and marketing, Allison McCarthy and Rachel Swanson. Check out Trail Smoke Eaters on social media at PCHL Smoke Eaters. For everything Trail Smoke Eaters, head to trailsmokeeaters.com. <laughs>